Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible Berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Crystal Pistol, Kevin Dames, Shea Bay, Neely Spicer, Dan Shaw, Ashley Gottesart, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you. I'm talking to you right now. You, yes, you, the listener. <laughs> The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Craig Thornley, welcome to The Adventure Jogger. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, I've I've not found many podcasts with you on, Craig, so I feel pretty honored that you said yes to me because I'm sure you've had to say no to other people. Yeah, I I have to pick and choose when I get closer to the race. So it gets pretty darn busy. Um, one of the things we have a friend in common, Craig. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's a national treasure, and I'm talking about Mister Western States. Andy Jones Wilkins. Well, yeah, you mentioned that when you reached out to me and that actually um, encouraged me to join you. Okay, I I name drop Andy any chance I can. Andy's my hookup to a lot of people that would not talk to me. I'd say, you know, Andy was talking about and they're like, oh, well, now I'll 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 talk about I'll talk with you because, you know, Andy gave it the okay. But having talked to Andy and, and I love Andy. I, I truly do. He is such a wonderful human being and, and a dear friend. He has talked numerous times on the podcast, Craig, about this bet that the two of you have. I've heard Andy's side of this bet numerous times. I'd like to start the podcast off with Craig's side of the notorious Andy Jones Wilkins, Craig Thornley bet. It's called the 10-year bet. Mm -hmm. It was in 2007 at Michigan Bluff. We we would camp out, or not camp out, we would stay at a house. Mm -hmm. We called it a training camp, but we would hang out at Michigan Bluff and run for a week, seven, eight days. And AJW would join us occasionally. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he had... He had finished eighth and then second the 2005 year, which he can he can't go a conversation without mentioning 2005. <laughs> and he was just he was holding court. There were probably four or five of us in the living room. He's just holding court, and he just absolutely um, is sure that he's the best Western States runner in the room by far. There's no way there's no way anybody else could be better than him. And I had four finishes just like him, but. My highest were 10th, M10, and then M10 the second time, or M10 the first time I was 11th overall. Yeah. Um, but I had I was doing the, the math in my head quickly, and I said, I said, I think I'm faster than you right now. I think I have, I think, I think my four finishes total is faster. There's no way he, he was going to believe that, right? No way, no way. So we scratched it down, and sure enough, I think I was two minutes or three minutes ahead of him because of his first year. His first year, he ran 21 or something, yeah. 21 something, and I ran 2020 my first year. Um, so that's how the 10-year bet was born. 
with HAW being so dumbfounded that <laughs> I could actually have four finishes faster than his four finishes. <laughs> so we made this. We made the uh, we made the bet that in ten after ten finishes, the mm-hmm. lowest aggregate time would be the winner, and the loser would pay for an all expenses paid vacation to the Grand Canyon. They lived, I forget where they lived at the time. He, he moved so quickly. Yeah. I, I forget where he lived, but uh, it wasn't Arizona. It was somewhere somewhere else that I would have had to pay for plane tickets. And the three boys were still at home. And, you know, I thought, okay, I could do this. Soon after that, Shelly, his wife, says, Craig, why would you enter a bet that you know you're going to lose? <laughs> my, my whole damn family was against me, right? They're just, they're all, there's no way you could be faster than my husband, AJW, the great. And well, they were right. <laughs> I, I only beat him that first year in 2001. Mm-hmm. And every year after that, he, he, he ran an hour or two faster than me every damn year. And then I became the race director. He was done. And I was I was race directing. He he had finished his ten. Yeah. Um, and I was at eight when I took the race director job. Um, I was already quite a ways behind. It was, right. It was going to require it was going to require a, a major mess up on his part. Right. Right. <laughs> and he just never messed up. The dude, <laughs> dude, he would show up at Western States. He, he, I think it was his tenth year, uh, or maybe it was his ninth. Uh, he was so out of shape. He and Eric Scadden, we did this. Um, ice cream sandwich run, the 52 mile run. I don't know if you ever talked to him about that. No, no, please tell me about the ice cream sandwich run. Ice cream sandwich run is a Tim Tweetmeyer favorite training run. He would start at Cal two. He'd run all the way, which is like mile 70. Mm -hmm. And he'd run to the swinging bridge, which is mile 45 ish turn around. And when you get to forest hill, you have to eat an ice cream sandwich and chase it with a Mountain Dew. Code Red Mountain Dew is what Tim originally drank. And then you had to run a one fifteen split to Cal 2, from Forest Hill to Cal 2, which is a fast split. Yeah. It is really fast. And not puke. If you puke, then you lose. You don't even get to write it down that you did the run, right? So AJW shows up and, and he pukes. He, he's just a terrible shape. Just absolutely terrible. He and Eric Scadden, terrible shape. He pukes. He misses the split. Um, and he, and he runs sub 20 on the race day. Wow. Like five weeks later. Yeah. The dude, every time he showed up at Western States, he, he performed similar to Tim Tweetmar. Like no, 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 no really bad days. His, his worst day, I think was that first year where he ran 2146. So I am now, um, stuck at nine. Fortunately, the kids are starting, they're all going to school. Yeah. So and I don't think they want to go out with anymore. I knew if I waited long enough, the kids were like, I'm not going to spend the weekend with dad and his old friends. Right. Um, but I'm way behind right now. I ran once as the race director in 2017 mm-hmm. and I ran a seven hour PW, um, which just totally knocked me out. I mean, I, I don't know what I have to run now. It's probably, it's probably passed. I, I probably physically can't do it. I think, Andy said, he said, you know, Craig's so far back at this point that he'd have to have some sort of scientist in California to create a time machine so he could run a negative time in Western states. To even- yeah, it, he's pro- that's probably right. I, I probably would have to run a negative time. We haven't, I haven't calculated it. I don't think he has either because he only no, cares about No, he's calculated it. He's calculated it. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> well, he only cares about his own times or he always has in the past. He didn't care about anybody else's time. So <laughs> that, someone would have to add up my times for him in order to compare. I'm sure he's added up his 10, but my 10, no, he didn't care. He didn't. <laughs> Sorry. So that's the junior bet. I'm, I'm doomed to to lose this thing eventually, but I, I technically, I, I don't think I have to pay it until I run my 10. And right. that may not happen. I may, it may not happen. My, I'm old now, and I'm still doing this race director gig, and there's no way I'm going to run the race again as a race director. So I may, I may technically default, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I will take him out to the Grand Canyon. I think it'll be fun. Okay. Two old guys hobbling down to the river and back out. <laughs> it won't be a rim to rim to rim. It'll be the rim to the river and the back. <laughs> right, right. But here's the thing, Craig. I don't know if you've thought about this. If you wait for this longer. Right. Like if you push this off, paying off this bet longer at some point, 
Andy yeah. and Shelly are going to be grandparents at some point. And then it's going to turn Ooh. into, you know, Craig, all the all the family wants to come. I got uh, I got the <laughs> the grandkids oh. are coming, too. And all of a sudden you're going to have to buy like because who knows where he'll be at that point. He could be, you know, he could be, uh, you know, out here in Philadelphia. He could be out there by you. Who knows where he'll be at that point? And all of a sudden you're buying 15 plane tickets from wherever to the Grand Canyon. That's a good point. I had not considered that. Yeah, so I probably should pay up fairly soon. And they live in Arizona now, so it's really easy for me to get them there. Yeah. I probably should just. I probably just say I'm just going to pay up now. That's that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? Have you ever like mentioned Andy? You know, because Andy has, and we say this all in love. I I want to point out there again. I absolutely adore Andy Jones Wilkins. Do you ever rub it in his face? Like you know, you like you may have the nickname. Mr. Western States, Andy, but I'm the race director of Western States. No, I never do. He knows I'm the race race director. He knows he couldn't do this job. So there's no way. We've talked about that. Actually, I said, would you mean because, you know, at some point, Craig, you're going to have to say, like, I think I've done it enough. And he said that he's not that this is not it's not for him. It's a big deal. It doesn't fit his skill set. He's he's good at a lot of things. He's really really talented at a lot of things. But yes. this is not the job for him. It, it, no way. And he did have a stint at Thomas Jefferson Hundred K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he two or three years of that. Um, and he brought some really cool things. He brought the two dollar bill as a finisher award, which is Ooh. pretty cool. So it had Thomas Jefferson on it. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. He did a lot of things. His his speeches. Yes. At the, at the award ceremony, at the pre-race briefing, you know, emotion-filled. Everybody's crying, or at least he's crying. Uh, he, he was really good at a lot of things, mm-hmm. but there's just—it's just not his. I don't think it's his. Well, I mean, he is really good at parking cars. I've seen him park cars, and he's fantastic <laughs> he's at, at it. That, yeah. He's good at that. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Like that is where he needs to be. But enough about. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, what he what he wants, he he's parking cars just so he can get the job that he wants at Western States, and that's when Tropical John finally retires as mm-hmm. a finish line announcer. You're going to have Tropical John on yes. soon, right? Yes. Uh, talk to him about AJW trying to get his job. <laughs> we let AJW have uh, about two hours yeah. on the mic when Tropical John needs to go take a nap, which is – 5 a.m. to about 7 a.m. Yeah. So it's it's the, it's the deadest time of 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and the first few years AJW did it, he, he felt like he had to fill every minute of the air for those two hours. <laughs> There's nothing going on, right? And it's 5 a.m. I live right here from the stadium, uh, a half mile from the stadium. You can hear the announcement. <laughs> and the, regularly, I would get calls from the mayor or from somebody in the city and say, uh, can you turn the volume down? We're getting complaints, right? Like, hey, AJW, don't need to use your outside voice. You know, just use your inside voice. And you don't even need to use the mic. <laughs> That's the job he wants. And I, I think eventually he'll get it when TJ retires. So he, I think he's kind of humoring me at, at this uh, this parking gig. But but it's really cool to see him take a job like that. Those parking jobs are the hardest to fill because they're not they, – they don't even get to see the runners. Right. They really because don't. Which job. Yeah, it's a thankless job. And I will tell you, I've witnessed like people like doing a double take when they see Andy parking cars at Western States. Like, whoa, hey, that's that's AJW, and he he's like he loves it. People are he's yeah. like, go don't no don't park on the road. You got to park off the road, you know. And like, and he just will take pictures and stuff. And it's like he's in his element. It's so great to watch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> getting calls from the mayor, the mayor of Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Enough about AJW, Craig. This is all about you. Um, I kind of want to know. I, I want to get the bet out of the way. I wanted to hear the bet from from your side of things because yeah. uh, yeah. I, yeah, I you know hear one side of things and you want to get both sides of the story. And now we have them, and so much more than just that. But but Craig, before you you were the race director of Western States, you were an ultra runner, and kind of what was your your journey? to you know to find ultra running well i accidentally discovered western states in 1978 my parents my, my mom and my stepdad moved us to cool california from yeah. the bay area yeah uh, santa clara area and little did we know that we were 
near the end of this hundred mile trail from uh ugh, i'm struggling because i still say squaw valley it's okay <laughs> everybody, everybody still does it's okay I struggle with that. Uh, from Olympic Valley. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I were camping on the trail right outside our house and had no idea it was race day. And runner comes by asking us where the aid station was. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? We don't, we don't know what you're talking about. And, and then another runner and another runner. And we realized, oh my goodness, we're at the 83 mile mark of this hundred mile race. And uh, so that was my first introduction. My brother and I were just mesmerized by what we, what we witnessed. We were both, I was in middle school. Uh, my brother was younger than that. And I, I was a runner and track and cross country, and, mm-hmm. but I sure as heck wasn't um, an ultra runner. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was pretty cool to, to grow up and cool. I've got to pace some people who were uh, avid Western States runners. And I got to work at uh, Dusty Corners. And my mom, my mom's friend was the captain of that. Uh, aid station so i got i got exposed but i was trying to run roads and uh after high school and college i i tried to run marathons and and 10ks and i was getting pretty pretty tired of chasing that marathon dream you know if you're a minute off or 30 seconds off your time it's just this crushing oh god i failed again i just hated that yeah god i hated that Mm -hmm. and as i as i was getting closer to thinking about western states the people that touched the corner said craig when are you gonna when are you gonna run when are you gonna run like, nah, not not yet uh this is for when i get old yeah uh, i thought 100 milers were for older people <laughs> <laughs> which now is completely different they're jumping in right out of college in these fast freaking times yeah and taking the the engine of a you know, sub 14 5k guy and and running 100 miles yeah so Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, eventually, eventually uh, entered the race in 2001. That was my first year. That's so amazing to think like, here you are, this kid, right? You run in, in, in school, you're on the cross-country team, and you just stumble upon this. Like, if this isn't destiny, you know, the future race director of Western States, the biggest 100-mile ultramarathon arguably in the world, right? Like, this is historic. Everybody dreams of running Western States. You're the race director. Little did you know, in 1978, you're just a kid camping on the course, having no idea, seeing these runners. And this is early on in Western States, too. I mean, this is this is not the the, the decade of, you know, trail shoes and those sort of things. These are just half of these guys and gals that are running are horse racers that decided last minute, oh, let's just go ahead and give this a try. This is a grizzled group of obscure weirdos that are doing this thing that nobody even knows is happening, and you just stumble upon it camping with your brother. Yep, that's uh, that's how it happened. I had no idea that I was eventually going to be the race director. I, I didn't envision that at all. Uh but as I as the blog era blossomed, I started a blog and, and alongside AJW. Yeah. And, and I wrote a lot about Western states. And I it, a lot of it was funny, but there were there were many serious topics on there. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote directly to the board of directors uh, several times from my blog. Yeah. You know, so they knew who I was before I applied for the job. Um, but I still didn't think even when the job opened up, I didn't think that I was going to be the racer. I had degrees in computer science. I, I can make, I can make a living fairly easily Yeah, elsewhere. And I was talking to Tim Tweetmeyer. I thought maybe I'd end up on the board and I talked to Tim Tweetmeyer said, how about applying for the race tractor job? I had started Waldo hundred K in Oregon yeah, and I, it was all volunteer. And, and I, I, I was pretty good at it. My wife said after the first year of Waldo, Hey, you're, you're pretty good at this. She's, she's in event management. 
herself. She said, uh, you could probably do this for a living. Like, nah, 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 nah. And then Tweetmeyer says, how about applying for the race director job? And holy cow, I did. I had to rewrite my resume because my curriculum vitae didn't yeah. apply at all. So I had to completely rewrite. I, I, I wrote a functional resume, which is not at all a chronology of the jobs that I'd held because it didn't freaking matter. It didn't, right. apply. it didn't matter what kind of programs I worked on or what software I've done. Um, and sure enough, the, my, my skill set, I was a ski patroller. I'd done a lot of trail work. Um, I had worked with, uh, and ski patrol was a nonprofit that mostly volunteers with some paid. So I had, a, I had experience with boards that were primarily volunteer boards with some paid folks and all of that experience, all of that turned out to be, wow, incredible prep work to be this race director. And I had only directed 10 Waldos when I got this job, 10 races total in my life. Wow. Yeah. The putting the pop-ups and the toilets, all that stuff is not that much of the job. Yeah, it's it's important part of the job, but it's it's all the relationships and understanding how to work with a, with a nonprofit board and you know fifteen bosses and fifteen hundred volunteers and 20, 28 station captains and um, it was all those skills that um, that turned out to be more useful in qualifying me for this job. That's amazing. What was it about? Because you know, your wife said to you, you mentioned that you know you've got the skills for this gig. You weren't sold. What was it about Tim Tweetmeyer telling you, like, "Hey, you can do this"? It made you go, like, I don't know. I said no to my wife, but I'm going to say yes to Tim Tweetmeyer. Well, I, I definitely admire Tim Tweetmeyer, especially back then. Mm-hmm. Um, he was this mysterious guy the first time i got an email from him in my, my inbox like oh my god tim tweet in my <laughs> inbox like, I don't know. It, was, it was about running it was about training for western states like, right oh my god you know now i know he's just a normal guy like me and, yeah. uh but back then boy he was just the uh he, he was the guy that i admired most in ultra running his consistency at western states uh we talk about ajw being consistent tim tweetmeyer in addition to his 25 finishes and five victories, he had a streak of 15 years, 15 consecutive years. He finished in the top five, which is incredible. That's just, that's just you. You'll, that's just impossible. How do you not have a day where you have something that brings you down, some kind of stomach or blister or something? And he, yeah. I mean, he was so so consistent. Um, and I, I, I think my wife had planted the seed. So maybe it just, I just needed, I needed a little, I needed somebody else to say, Hey, you can do this. And yeah, it was, it happened to be Tim. Did you think you were going to get the job when you applied or would you look at like, you're, you're taking over for Tim Tweetmeyer, you know, 25 time finisher. He's got five Cougars in the, the, the interview house. Was awesome. The interview was awesome. I, I, I've talked not, not too many times on podcasts, but a couple of times I've talked about the interview. Uh, the final interview was in California. I was helping my friend, Megan Canfield, mm-hmm. who was our guest at the time. She was running the Olympic trials marathon in Houston. That was Saturday. And the interview was in, uh, on Sunday in Davis, California. And I had to, I had to fly from Houston to either Oakland or San Francisco. It was supposed to be Oakland. And we're, I'm sitting on the airplane on tarmac at, in Houston and we're not moving, we're not leaving. And then they come on and say, Oh, we've got a problem. We're going to be delayed. Blah, blah. So now I'm, now I'm stressed out. Yeah. This is, this is 2012. Um, and I talked to my wife, I said, well, I I don't think I'm going to make it. Can you help me with my car reservations? And I'll let you know as soon as I, as I, as soon as I figure out when I'm going to be actually leaving. Yeah. And she helped me change the car. We went to San Francisco, or I went to San Francisco instead of Oakland. And I drove crazy fast trying to, trying to make it. And I, I, was, I was stinky. I, I don't bathe a whole lot. My friends all know that about me. Um, I don't take a lot of showers, and I don't care. But this was stress. When, it, when it's stressed, I stink when it's stressed. Most of the time, I don't stink. But when I'm stressed, it's stinky. I was just reeking because I was so stressed to travel. And here I am traveling. I'm trying to get to this interview of a lifetime for me. And I'm just nasty, stinky. 
So I end up pulling over at this uh, Chevron Mart in Dixon, California, mm-hmm. and and I, I I had to buy some deodorant, and I tried to clean up in the bathroom, and I put some deodorant on, um, and I get to the interview spot, and I see the other person who was there were two of us who were interviewed that day, uh, and I I see her leaving, I oh my god this this is really going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> so I. I didn't have anything to lose. I still had my job. I still yeah. had a house in Eugene, Oregon. I didn't my wife was happily employed in Eugene. So I didn't have anything to lose, but I, I knew because of who I am, I was going to be true to myself. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer things. Honestly, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to give them answers that I think they want to hear in order to get the job. Right. So it was a pretty tense uh, interview because I I was critical when they'd asked me things I, w- I was critical about stuff and repeatedly the the initial reaction the subset of the board that was interviewing me was you know you're wrong Craig um, and then they start talking amongst themselves and eventually every single damn time every topic they come back somebody would come back and say you know Craig made a good point there and yeah it was it was tense. So when I left, I go, I go out to the, to the car and I talk to my wife and I said, I have no idea if I'm going to get this job or not. If they want the status quo as someone that's not going to rock the boat, then they're probably not going to pick me. If they're willing to go with a change agent who has a lot of ideas on how to improve yeah. the race and, and, and things about the race, then they'll then they'll go with me. And that was an honest assessment. I had no idea if I was going to get it or not. What was one of those things, Craig, that you confronted them with where you said like, no, no, this, you need to think about this and maybe modify this where you had those board members going like, no, 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 Thornley, you're wrong. And then someone coming back and going, wait a minute, I think Craig might be onto something. So I was, I'm really passionate about trail work. I, I've been doing trail work uh, for 20 something years now, starting in, in Oregon for Waldo. And I was really passionate. And we had a really good thing going in, in Oregon. There was a lot of good stuff going in Oregon with the Pacific Crest Trail Association and the U.S. Forest Service up there. Um, and I, I looked at Western states. I had, I had helped Western states. And on the mission statement, or I think it was the bylaws maybe, um, one, of the, one of the lines there was uh, stewardship and and maintenance of the Western States Trail for the general public. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, from my vantage point, it looks like we do the trail work for the race. We're not doing the trail work for the public. As soon as the race is over, the trail work days, no one's doing trail work after the race. Right, right. right. And oh boy, one of the board members who happened to be the, the trail's boss at the time, he did not like that answer at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's my That's my vantage point. Whether it's true or not, that's what it looks like from someone who's paying a lot of attention to the race. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And they got a little tense. And then they said, yeah, huh, you got a point. Because I supported what I observed with my observations. Yeah. And so that was one of, that was one of them. What was the moment like when you got the call and the offer for the gig? <laughs> okay. It was it, it was the day before my birthday must have been 47th birthday and it was john trent who was the president at the time uh he's still on the board now good really good friend of mine now Uh, i didn't know him that well back then but um he he said craig first he asked me do i want the job do i want to be the next race director like well heck yeah i do Yeah, yeah why not uh, so he made the offer. He said, but you can't tell anybody until I call the other finalist. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that until tomorrow. Like, are you kidding me? I got people coming over to my house <laughs> to celebrate my birthday. And I can't tell them that I got this freaking job. And they're all Western States runners and ultra runners. Everybody was coming over to my house was, Wait. was involved. In so you're here. You are. It's, it's Craig Thornley's 47th birthday party. You've got, Western States silver belt buckles all in your house. You are, couldn't you couldn't tell a soul. Mm-mm. How hard was that to not tell 
all of your buddies, all of these Western States runners, all these ultra runners that you have the most, you have the most coveted gig in all of race directing in the world of ultras. It, it was pretty hard. I, I did not, I did not enjoy it. I knew everybody would eventually find out and they knew I interviewed. They, they, yeah. they knew it was coming. I just couldn't give them the final answer until, until after that gathering at my house <laughs> did you have to like make sure you didn't have too many beers you're like you're like the cut me off at three so i don't get i don't get mouthy <laughs> uh no i didn't have to do that <laughs> <laughs> now i think most people don't realize this is not this is a full-time gig this is not a well craig shows up a month before and make sure the t-shirts look good and then it's it's off this is a full-time gig yeah, and I have been the sole employee until just a few months ago. We 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 finally hired an administrative assistant mm-hmm. uh, to help me manage, uh, well, manage a lot of the race. So that's been uh, that's been a blessing. So can... All the emails now that come in from the website, mm-hmm. they go through my administrative assistant first. Yeah, and if, if she can't answer them, then they come to me. But it 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 has definitely lessened the email that I get from the public. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So before you hired this assistant for how many years until this point? Because you've been the race director for how many years now? This is the 11th race cycle. So for 10 years, you've been the one answering all the emails coming to the Western States website. Yeah. What's really hard is, is lottery season. That, that's when oh. we get them. That's when we get the most uh, emails. I, it, the first year we opened the portal, we created a new registration software platform. Yeah. That was three years ago now, I think. Um, we launched it right before registration opened up. And I was in Arizona with my brother and my climbing partner here after Havelina. Yeah. Uh, just spectating. And I I was supposed to go rock climbing that day, the day that it re- opened up registration. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't leave the computer. I, I answered, I think it was over 300 emails in 36 <laughs> hours or so, which is an insane amount. And... Each, each of them, well, many of them were, I couldn't just give flippant answers. I couldn't just say, oh, here's the website and here's a link. It was, I had to research how many times they'd been in the lottery, make sure that I, I gave them the right answer because <laughs> we, we, it was new, it was a new platform. So there were errors on our part. Right. Everyone had to be researched and uh, yeah, having an administrative assistant now is, is a big help. What has been the strangest email that you have received as the race director of Western States. Well, this is what this is how I I deal with some of my uh, frustrations or <laughs> or my bewilderment. Yeah, bewilderment emails is I have a small group of friends. AJW is not on this list. <laughs> he, would, he would leak it out. He would post it on somewhere. Right? And and I and I, it's three, sometimes four people, and I and I and I just forward to them. Uh, how would you respond? <laughs> and I often get really funny responses. I know, you know, people probably think I shouldn't share e- emails, but when when they're really crazy, um, I don't know. I get, I get so many. I don't know if I could if I could single them <laughs> single them out. But uh, typical is people think that they're that they're deserving of a special consideration, right? Really? Uh, people. Oh God, yeah. Uh, if I mean, it's amazing how how people and, and, and I, I get this. Well, it doesn't hurt to ask. I get that question all, all the time, right? Right. Or I get that statement. It doesn't hurt to ask. I, well, somebody has to answer that. Someone has to read your email and then answer it. It hurts somebody. Right. It hurts me. I have I have to freaking answer your email <laughs> and tell you your mom thinks you're special, but in Western states' eyes, you're like seven thousand people. Why should you jump ahead? Of seven thousand people, right? That so is, I get that. yeah, I get that. I get that's probably the most common, and and it, it's probably lessened over the years, even though the the demand has gone up. Mm-hmm. But we're we've been so consistent on on who we 
who we let in via special consideration and how many we do a year. So when, when the word gets out, if, if we let someone in, the word gets out. Oh, absolutely. If, in that, if somebody else is in that same category, uh, the word is out. Oh, yeah, just ask them for special consideration or an extra lottery ticket and they'll give it to you. And I don't do any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm very disciplined. I'm very uh, consistent and I apply the rules equally to everybody, whether it's my brother or somebody I've never met before. So that has helped this. Right. This kind of problem. Um, well, I think you have to because you're right. If you make an exception, if you're like, you know what? You're, you're right. Boy, you are the exception to the rule bypass the lottery you are now bib number two you know the word would get out and really the credibility of the lottery process would be harmed because all of a sudden now it's not a fair lottery it is a lottery but if you just say the right things in an email you can get in so you really don't have a choice you because of the limited amount of spots and the massive amount of people who want those limited amount of spots you just have to, I mean, you have to, you don't have any choice. You have to have like a crafted response. I'm sure after the first hundred special exception emails you got, you kind of got a form letter down for why you're yeah, a nice way of saying you're not that special. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I don't fret over those mm-hmm. as much. I, I don't spend a lot of time agonizing over how to respond to most of these types of requests because I've had to do so many of them that, it, it doesn't maybe i'm calloused maybe i'm maybe i'm losing some of my humanity but, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I have to for defensive purposes you know early on i would get really i would i would agonize over them and it would be bothered by but i i'm so used to telling people no when you have seven thousand people trying to get in your lottery that's a lot of no's yeah and you get 369 that's a lot of no's right absolutely so, so if you're not used to that or you're not if you're not able to deal with that then you're going to not like this job how do you feel i mean at some point the reality you get the job you can you know you just you couldn't tell anybody last night like hey guys i couldn't tell you this is my birthday party but now i can tell you i'm the new race director of western states you get the job was there a moment when you started when you were like oh boy this is a massive undertaking that that moment as it came in 2011 mm-hmm. I, I, I interviewed in uh, 2012 in January. Uh, it came in 2011. The race director, Greg Soderlund at the time, uh, came up to me. I'm running the race. And he says, Craig, you know that the race director decision has not been made yet. And he had two other races in the same area here. And this other person bought those races from him. Yeah. They weren't board. They were for profit. This is a board. Yeah. Very different, very different process of, mm-hmm. of becoming the race director of a nonprofit. And that is, that race was not good for me. That, that happened before the race. He talked to me about the race. And that's when I, oh my God, this is, this is huge. Can I actually do this? Yeah. And that's what I thought about the, the whole race. <laughs> Can I do this? And I looked at the race from a completely different perspective. It wasn't just this selfish runner, which you need to be selfish to, right. to fix model you have to be selfish i'm not saying that 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 it's it's not it's uh it's not a good thing but i was i was just scared to death and then i ended up you know taking the job and like, holy cow all i can imagine is you you know every other time you've run western states you're right you're selfish this is this is this is craig time man this is craig's time to go get that buckle it's all about me but now you're looking at it from you pull into an aid station going like, how am I going to get this many volunteers to show up here? And where do I put the stuff and how do I order everything correctly? And how do I make sure that there's not you know, that we don't run out of water and all that stuff? It had to <laughs> ruin your whole race. This is why you can't keep up with AJW is because of this stress right here. Well, I was already way behind it. 2011, <laughs> but I wish I could use that as an excuse, but you need I might to. not have been a negative you need to you say, you know what? You got to give me a mulligan on what you got to remove like one of my year's times because I was busy pondering the uh, the enormity of being the race director of Western States. I wish I could narrow it down to one, but AJ Davis was just a much better runner at Western States than I was. And I wasn't bad, but he's just he was superb. Do you know what he's going to do? He's going to take a picture of you 
and he's going to take that quote down. It's going to say AJW was a better is always better as a better runner than me, Craig Thornley. And he's going to, it's going to be on his Instagram. Go for it. But I also have I also have all my original parts still. Both my hips are my original hips. Ooh. My my knees, although I'm mm. close on the knees, I'm close. <laughs> but I don't have any artificial parts. I'm not the six million dollar man. I don't know how many hips he's had now. Is it three? I don't know. He's what. had a lot. He's got a lot of hips. He's had a, he's had a lot. So you know. he's better than that. Than I am too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one of the things that Greg had told me, Soderlin, was when, when he got the job, mm-hmm. he had that moment after he got the job where he he was struck by how important the race was to so many people. And it's not just the runners. It's mm-hmm. all the volunteers yes. that that really it the it's a big deal to a lot more than the 369 runners who run the race each year and he felt the gravity of, of that and he didn't want to let anybody down um but i i, I love that challenge and mm-hmm. i i you know it just made me i had a lot of ideas on on things that i wanted to do different and better and it was it was really really fun to try to get a big ship that is so entrenched mm-hmm. and get it to move even just slightly to get it to move. And that was, it was, it took all my skills to, um, to get the ship to move. And was it you speaking of moving the ship? Was it you who came up with the mulligan idea for you can, you can defer a year and still keep your tickets. Was that a, was that a, was that a Craig idea? No, the original, uh, the original one time buy that we only had for a little while. Yeah. Uh, that came from our, we had a um a committee that worked on that it was it was going to be just for women who were pregnant because we were mm-hmm. trying to increase we've been trying to increase the the number of women yeah. in the race and, and the consecutive years requirement to maintain your lottery tickets was you know unfairly a burden yeah. to women who want to have family want to have a family while they're trying to qualify for western states and if they miss a year then they start over at one um, but it was relaxed uh, so that anybody could use a one-time buy. There were yeah. there was it was more generous for women. But um, no, that wasn't that one wasn't my idea. Has there ever been a discussion? Because I mean, let's let's be honest. You can tell me if this is correct or not. I have heard that the number three sixty nine comes from the Forest Service saying to I believe it was Wendell Roby at the time. Well, how many people did you have last year? And he said 369 runners and they said, okay, well then that's just the number moving forward. Is that, is that accurate? That's sort of true. Yeah. So in 1984, the uh, late summer, I don't think it was fall. I think it was late summer. uh, The Granite Chief Wilderness was created under the California Wilderness Act. Mm -hmm. And it included four miles of the Western States trail. In general, organized events are not allowed inside wilderness areas. And, And, so our, our use of the trail was in jeopardy mm-hmm. and we uh, we had a, a group of people representing both the ride the tevis cup and the run uh they went to washington dc they also lobbied the local forest service trying to get us grandfathered in and after four years 1988 we got permission to continue to use the trail mm-hmm. Provided that we didn't have any more starters than we had prior to the creation of the wilderness. It just so happened in 1984, June of 1984, we had 369. And it's on our website. You can yeah. That number is, is, is there. And that's why that yeah. number. Uh, we we were allowed a, a five-year rolling average to maintain that 369. So for most of the years until, until my tenure, we would oversubscribe. We would select hopefully the right amount of people at the lottery so that when it whittled down, when people dropped out, we would end up with 369. Well, that didn't work out very well. And we were, we were very over uh, our 369 average when I, when I got the job and I can understand why that happens. Uh, You don't want to tell people. And if the forest service wasn't looking that close, it would, it would, it would be easy to have more. 169 but i wanted to get that back in line and the forest service talked to me as a new racer they get a start over and right you know the relationship so that led to the creation of the of the wait list and starting exactly 369 which is much better 
mm-hmm. for the race. There's no the rolling course. average, right? You don't have to worry about, okay, we have all these people show up. Now we've got 400 people on the trail and we've said 369. Yeah, we would, we would guess. We didn't have really good numbers. To, I didn't have really good numbers mm-hmm. from the past. Uh, we were guessing that it was around 10% DNS. And each year it seemed to get smaller and smaller. We had a 4.4% DNS one year. Like, uh, that's not a lot of people dropping out. Right. Uh, so the, the weightless model was really the only thing that made sense. And Hard Rock was doing it. Other races were doing it. We had lots of historical reasons, mostly, well, that's the way we've always done it. Right. So that's the way we got to continue. And I, d- I never liked that answer. Yeah. If, it, if somebody gave me that answer, they don't do it anymore. But, uh, they, they know they wouldn't get any traction with me on. That's the way we've always done it. Right. What's the best way to do something? You got to yeah. think, too, the reason why of that low DNS rate is because of the respect given to the race and knowing that that so few people are blessed with a bib each year. It's almost like when your name is called, you have this obligation to put forth the effort necessary to get to that start line and 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 to not let something that thousands of people would work so hard to have just drop by the wayside. Like there's the, there's a different obligation I think when it comes to being drawn for Western states than just any other hundred out there. Yeah, and that could be a, a selfish reason, right? You could mm-hmm. say I'm never going to get another chance to run this race, so I'm going to take my chance and run for it just for my own. Or you could look at and I'm not saying either is better than the other, but, or you could look at, wow, so many other people want my spot that I'm going to give it everything that I can out of respect for everybody else who tried to get in the race. Right. It could be both of those. I don't care which one it is, but it definitely creates, uh, it has created an incredible last hour. It it, it drives the finish rate too. Yeah. Uh, The golden hour we call from 29 to 30 hours. uh, We have, about a, a runner a minute in that last hour a uh, huge number of finishers in that last hour people are going to get to the finish line you know maybe they threw out their sub 24 hour goal uh, at 30 miles or something and they're going to get to the finish line and then in the finish rate the average finish rate is somewhere around 80 percent now which is really high your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We just had right. Canyon Center K here in Auburn, uh, UTMB, by UTMB event. Mm-hmm. They had a first time hundred mile event. Uh, it was hot. The the course was a bunch of loops, but they had a forty five percent finish rate. And one of the UTMB folks asked me, "Why do you think it was so low? Was the course that hard?" And I said, "No, the course wasn't that hard. It was significantly easier than the other. But you could sign up for the race the week of the race. Right? They didn't have that same. I'm in this race. I'm going to finish this damn thing." There wasn't that there, there wasn't that same motivation. Mm-hmm. So I think it real it is real. I think you're absolutely right. It 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 changes people's behavior, and they want to get to the start line and they want to get to the finish line. How do you feel as a race director? Because you've been your tenure of, of eleven years at Western States has seen you, you didn't come into you know send in your paper ballots and your your paper registration form and your check and you'll probably get in. You came in at a time the Western States was very popular, but you've seen the lottery grow and grow and grow, and you see thousands of people vying for 369 spots. How does that make you feel? Like, do you feel like bad that you that that only a certain amount will experience this, or how does that weigh on you, knowing that so many people want what you have? but so few will get it. Well, we definitely struggle with this tension of, you know, do we make it, do do we make it harder to get in Mm -hmm. to the lottery so that fewer people are rejected in the lottery or do we make it open to as many people as possible 
and which opens it up to a lot more people. But it means a significant number of those are going to be disappointed because we're going to have to say no. Right. You know, we've had we've had people, including AJW, say, oh, you need to have a 100-mile qualifier uh, because it's Western states. Well, that would limit a lot of people, especially in the subsequent years. If it takes you 10 years of qualifying to, to get selected and you had to run a 100-miler, for 10 of the every every year it's gonna you're you, you probably you possibly could use up the quota of 100 milers in your body before you got into the race right. Right? so we leave the 100k it allows it allows more people to finally get a spot in the race but it also it also lowers the chances of everybody else because we put more people in there do i like uh do i like that no i don't i don't like that thousands of people don't get to run the race, but scarcity is not necessarily a bad thing. Right? Scarcity, scarcity, scarcity does increase the value uh, to sponsors of the, the Western states. Right? H- Hoka has told me uh, that they've had to, they've been questioned. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we spending this much money on Western states when there's only 369 runners? Right. <laughs> right. Well, there's 7,000 people trying to run it. Or, or you could use the comparison to something like the Tour de France. You don't have, you don't have thousands of people in these. Right. But, but a lot of people are watching. A lot of people want to run Western states. So that number, 7,000, is actually a number that increases our value to, to sponsors. Oh, and then you think of just the crews involved and just the ultra running community as a whole. When you were approached, Craig, with the idea of broadcasting western states on youtube doing this video coverage of it were you surprised that it was so popular were you, were you like first were you like guys no one's gonna watch 30 hours of of western states on youtube or were you or did you see that from the start as like oh this is a thing we have to do well utmb had been doing it so it, it was apparent we needed to do it mm-hmm. uh, we were getting it, it, all signs are pointing towards. We had a couple of false starts that weren't real publicly known. Yeah, um, and then we brought Billy Yang on to the board, and he 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 championed the live cast. What I was really surprised at is that first year, which this is now our third live cast, uh, we didn't have much live cast. We didn't have Starlinks at the time, and there's no cell coverage out for most of the course. Right. You're just you're just in the dark, and. It was 30 hours of Dylan and Corinne talking <laughs> and people watched it. That, that surprised me. But the, what, what, what Billy, what, the reason we chose YouTube is Billy wanted one place for the community to come together. And that chat it, it, from that very first year, it's like, oh my God, all these people are watching Western States from all over the world and they're interacting in the chat. Uh, we've had people from UTMB. Well, why don't you syndicate it on, Facebook and Instagram and but that would that would spread out the the community right they'd be all dispersed right so that that he was totally right about that there mm. needs to be a place or we he wanted to create a place for everybody in the world who's interested in the race to watch it and interact with with each other and, and that that was really cool to watch you know, it's so crazy that the the, the 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 power of that live cast and how many people watched it. I was uh, crewing and pacing Western States in 2021, and we all had Adventure Jogger shirts on. Everybody in the crew. We were Kyle Curtin was our runner. He finished uh, ninth at May, uh, he was M nine that year, and we all the whole crew had matching shirts on. And we got on the live cast a bunch of times, and I would know as soon as I got in a cell coverage, you know, because it's 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 in. An no, you're right. You you get it here. You get it there. We get into places where there's cell coverage, and I would just ding, 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 ding. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, oh, okay, we were okay. It just was constant. Like we just saw you guys. We just saw you guys. Like it was the coolest thing in, in the world. And I just, I, I don't, I never received that many text messages and and messages on Facebook in the in one day than the day that I was featured on the live stream of Western States. Yeah, in addition to UTMB doing it, you know, Jamil at Aravipa, Jamil Curry at Aravipa has definitely been driving and, and showing us the way, showing yeah. other races that, yeah, you can do this. You you can, you may not, you don't necessarily need high definition 
video of, of every runner. Right. But, you know, the grainy, the choppy uh, is, is better than nothing. And, and I don't know how many more years we can have that low quality video, but uh, so far it's still working. <laughs> well, you think about the first year, that was the worst it's ever going to be. It's only going to get better each year as you learn more and you and the technology gets better and all of that. That Can you imagine in 10 years what the live stream of Western States is going to be? I mean, you have Al Michaels out there going like, oh, let's take a look. Let's go to Dylan Bowman. Out at, you know, it's going to be, it'll be great. It'll be crazy. Yeah, I hope so. I, th- I think, I think it will. I hope so. Looking back, Craig, at your 11 years as race director of Western States, is there a moment at the race that sticks out to you as a as a powerful moment that really reminds you of just the power of this community of ultra runners? Well, to I, mean, I love watching the the fast runners. I love watching Wombly destroy. Uh, the course record, um, but the golden hour finishers—that—that um, that is so more moving to me now than it used to be. I was a, I was a twenty-hour guy or eighteen, nineteen-hour guy, you yeah. know. And I, I would hang out for the golden hour, but it didn't really mean that much to me. But I, I get to know these. I get to know the runners, and sometimes I don't remember their name. Fortunately. Yeah. So I can look it up, <laughs> but uh, they obviously had interactions with me, and they and and, and watching them uh, go through their struggles in the day, and, and then come across the finish line. It's just um, it's really been moving. If if I had to single out one, it'd be Goonhill Swanson's finish in was that twenty sixteen? I yeah. think. Uh, oh my goodness! And and Katie Trent was was two before her. Katie Trent was the lowest. John Trent's daughter mm-hmm. was the youngest finisher at the time, twenty two, I think. Yeah. And Goonhill was one day shy of her seventy first birthday. And there was some guy, unknown guy, who's always going to be a trivia uh, question. <laughs> I think he was from Ohio. I really don't remember his name. <laughs> and, and I've said this story many times. He finished. He thought he was so. Katie finished young, youngest. And then he finishes and he, he's like, yeah, the crowd's just going nuts. He thinks they're going nuts for him. No, there's a 70-year-old woman on the track behind you, dude. That's who they're excited about. <laughs> and wow, was that, that was, that was, that was the loudest I'd ever seen Western States. Still to this day, it hasn't been, it hasn't been louder than when she finished. Well, wasn't it magical too that here you've got Rob Crar who, who won that race uh, 15 hours earlier that actually went out on the course and ran the last finisher in, ran Gunhild in. I mean, yes, he did. That, yeah. yeah. Incredible, incredible human being. Rob Carr is an awesome man. Like what other sport, Craig, honestly, does the guy who, who, who finished so long ago that he could have driven home, taken a nap, gone to work, finished some things, come back and like runs in the last finisher. Like what other sport does that? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty special. It it was a really special day. Tell us about this year, Craig. What can people expect Western States this year? Well, it's been a really uh, challenging year for us mm-hmm. as the mosquito fire burned 16 miles of our course last September. So we were faced with quite a bit of uncertainty as whether the trail would be ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, it is going to be ready. We, we spent a lot of money, a lot of uh, our volunteer time. We've had many big volunteer days. Uh, we've hired contractors to do trail work. We've, we've mitigated the, the danger. Uh, from the hazard trees and other, you know, slides. Um, and in the fall, we thought, okay, the fire, this is our challenge for the year. And then we had this historic winter, oh, atmospheric river storm after atmospheric river storm. We had 60 inches of rain fall on Forest Hill in the burn area. Yeah. 60 inches of rain on the burn scar. Wow. Uh, imagine what that does. So it has done an amazing amount of damage it did um and then the snowpack the the snow is really deep and that's we're now faced with all this uncertainty about uh about the snow we've we've had 2017 and 2019 we've had snow yeah uh we 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 know how it can melt really fast at the end so don't make 
projections too early. Don't make decisions too early. You need to be patient and wait. Um, so, but that's a challenge. And then we also lost uh, uh, Mosquito Ridge Road. I don't know if you went out to Duncan Canyon mm-hmm. yeah. and Dusty Corners. Yeah. Sounds like you saw AZW parking cars there. Uh, that's <laughs> out. That's out for a year. So no cruise, and we can't we can't use it either. Oh wow! Uh, so that yeah, so that's uh, throwing a monkey wrench into into the crewing plans and our parking plans and our shuttle. So AJW is actually going to be at um, either Ford Point or Sailor Flat. Joe, it's interesting plan. that that creates an an interesting opportunity. I think it might actually make it easier for crews this year because really you have to split your crew because there are places early on in the race that your crew cannot get to in time because of just the nature of the roads to get from one place to the next. And so the two years that I've crewed and paced, we've always split the crew into two separate parts for the early part of the race. And we kind of leapfrog each other. And then we would meet at Forest Hill and then combine at Forest Hill and move forward. So it seems like this year you really could get by without having to split your crew early on in the race. Yeah, I, I hadn't considered that it would be easier for crewing because you wouldn't have to make decisions. But you're right. The, you're just going to have one crew go to Robinson Flat and then you'll go either Michigan Bluff or, and or Forest Hill. And then what you do at the end is the same kind of decision you make. Do you go on the near side? Do you go to Greengate and then Pointed Rocks? Um, so, yeah, you won't have to you won't have to make as many decisions. It's made for you. I'm a glass but, half full <laughs> type of guy, Craig. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think it will also uh, make the live cast that much more interesting, too, because mm-hmm. we will have cameras on that side of the course where crews can't be. So as long as crew is in a in a place where they can watch it, uh, they'll be hopefully watching watching their runners go through on the, on the live stream. All right, Craig, this is a moment of inspiration. This is a moment to steal some AJW's thunder. Okay, he's got that speech that Billy Yang put in that video that everybody watches right before Western States when he cried, you know, just rousing, beautiful speech that people watch over and over again. It's your turn, Craig. What would you say? Because there's going to be, there's people that, I mean, they're towing the line at Western States tomorrow morning or whenever they're listening to this, right? And they're listening to this right now in preparation for the race that they have been dreaming about, that they have been determined to get into for years. What would you say to the to the runners listening to this right now that are getting ready to run Western States? Well, I'm no AJW and I'm not the speaker that he is, the philosophical guy. But what I, what I say to runners every year is is try to be present try to try to be present with every interaction you have with with the volunteers there, there, there's 1500 volunteers out there 1500 plus um all the interactions with your crew with your pacer and just absorb all that because this may be the only time that you will experience this and and don't let it pass you by um and it's you know write your own story yeah but remember it I think it's just about perfect. Do you want to leave us with an AJW story? Do you want to throw out? Do you want to- <laughs> uh, well, I think the 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 origin of the ten year bet was that was, was good, right? No, I yeah, I, I, I honestly as you were as you were telling that story, I was picturing it in my head, like I like I was imagining what that whole interaction. Was. Yeah. He, he was so incredulous. That I could even even suggest that my four finishes were faster than his four finishes with his M8 and his M2. Like I was doing the math in my head. I, I think I'm there, AJW. And wow, when we wrote it down, it was so awesome. Like, what was his reaction? So you're doing the you're doing the math, right? Like, and you finally not, show it. Yeah. What was his yeah. reaction? Like, how? He, he, just, he absolutely could not believe it. He he, he had he was M2. He had worn an M2 bib. I only had an M10 bib. How could I possibly be faster than the great AJW? Uh, 
it was a beautiful moment. Oh, and and it didn't last long because the next year or that year he ran faster than me and his times were his aggregate time was faster than Amarcado. <laughs> well, you got to celebrate that moment. Hey, you you had yeah. you had between when you wrote those times down to the next running of Western States to cherish that moment, and I'm sure you cherished every second of it. Yeah, which was about a month. We were, we were a month out. <laughs> maybe maybe six weeks out. <laughs> Not a whole lot of time. But yeah, I love AJW. He and I have been friends for a long time. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely passionate about the race. Um, I lo- like it. Sometimes I wish he would tone it down a little bit. Doesn't have to overhype Western states all the time. Just let just. I, I would rather the race just speak for itself. Yeah. Let, let's just be really good. We don't have to tell people we're good. Let's just be good. That's that's my style. I'm not out there. Hey, we're the best. You know, we're, we just want to be the best. We strive to be the best. And and sometimes I wish he would tone it down a little bit. <laughs> but how do you how do you complain about having someone as passionate about him and, and, and as articulate as he is? Oh, he's the best uh, spokesperson you could have. But you get but you're right. Absolutely. You're yeah. like, Andy, we've already got 7,000 people vying for 369 <laughs> spots. We don't have to hype it any more than we already do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you have plenty of time when you're going to the Grand Canyon to talk about this. We will have time, yes. <laughs> On your dime. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>